Thank you for downloading or podcasting this track. This recording has been remastered to provide the best sound possible given the audio environment of the original recording session. Mosaic Silver Spring is a faith community located just inside the Capitol Beltway in Montgomery County. For more information, please visit our website, www.mosaicsilverspring.org, and we'll see you in the neighborhood. Good morning, church. It's good to see everybody out there. Okay. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's, um, that was from Matthew 6, 19 through 24. Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to gather here. I pray that you would help us to quiet our minds and to truly listen to what Dan has to say to us and that you will empower him to speak your word with truth and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you ever catch the news, either on TV or catching uh, snippets of it from uh, online, on social media, uh, you've probably heard of the newscaster's voice. It is this way of speaking where they inflect on certain points so that you produce a general American accent. Uh, There is someone by the name of Austin McConnell who does a short piece on this newscaster's voice highlighting the reality that news anchors, uh, as they often bounce from city to city, they intentionally train themselves so that their voice is not associated with a particular region or ethnic background. You see, if you're reporting in Tennessee with a Boston accent or vice versa, chances are the local viewers might be more concerned and think that you are less trustworthy because you are not from from in town. You see, the newscaster's voice is actually then something intentional. Uh, It's actually taught in journalism and broadcasting schools so that in the words of former journalist Linda Ellerby, in television, you're not supposed to sound like you're from anywhere. Uh, That rings true because part of being a news anchor is to help people focus on what you're saying, uh, not how you're saying it. Uh, You have to be mindful of how your upbringing or your surrounding affects the way you even speak, and then be intentional about adjusting so that everyone everyone else around you focuses on the content. You have to be mindful of your linguistic background and intentional about adjusting so that people can focus on the facts. I bring this up because when we think about spiritual growth, then, uh, 
There are obvious habits or practices we focus on. Obviously, we should be reading the Bible to know God at his word. Of course, we should practice calling out to God in prayer. And yes, we should be worshiping with one another. Those are practices that seem a bit more natural because they directly relate to how we relate to God and the Christian community. Yet, while this is all true, we may sometimes miss the fact that we are being shaped by our surroundings, like our vocation, like our work. So that means our occupation uh, or the work that we do in our daily lives impacts us in ways that either pull us to God or away from God. So as we continue on in this series of spiritual uh, growth and developing habits for spiritual growth, um, growing in vocation, growing in our occupation, means getting into the habit of being mindful of what forces weigh in on us when it comes to our work, and then be intentional about pushing against those pressures, being mindful and intentional. So, that, so we'll dig into that through uh, a passage you may have heard once before uh, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And so we'll look at it in two points. One, being mindful of our treasure, and two, being intentional in our work. Mindful of our treasure and intentional of our work. In this portion of Jesus' sermon, uh, he uses three analogies that flow with one another. First, we see uh, treasure. Where is your treasure? Then he looks at the eyes. Where do we look to? And then lastly, who do you serve? And these three big illustrations are distinct notes that are meant to strike a chord within our own hearts about how we approach wealth and what we truly treasure. Listen, starting from verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, there is a flow to all of this because where we lay up our treasures speak to uh, where our hearts lie. Or continuing on in that illustration again, uh, where our heart is, there we will be looking. And ultimately, at the, core of, uh, at the core of it all, it shows us who or what we ultimately worship and serve, as it says in verse 24. The question that Jesus is posing to the audience and the question that he is speaking to us today is, where do you store up your treasures? What sort of treasures are you trying to store up? Are they earthly treasures or heavenly treasure? As we sit on that question, Jesus most directly cautions us against being ruled by money because we can be so consumed by the pursuit of wealth or on the flip side, being so afraid of poverty that our work and the rest of our lives are unhealthily preoccupied by money. Jesus is warning us that we cannot serve two masters. Yet, I find it helpful to slow down on Jesus' first analogy about the treasures, to see the bigger picture. Because oftentimes, the currency uh, that we pursue 
the currency we cling to, the treasure we store up, it might not actually be monetary, yet it is still earthly. So that means in our occupation, whether you are pursuing a career in this area, whether you are a student uh, at various stages of life, or whether you are a full-time stay-at-home parent, our occupation encompasses a significant part of our lives. And with it, comes the pressures that push and pull us to store our wealth in earthly treasures. What are these alternative currencies? Think about the social currency that our work does or doesn't provide. If anyone asks, what do you do for a living? As that might be a common icebreaker question here, uh, are you quick to caveat your answer? You know, I work part-time at uh, Starbucks, but, but I'm studying in this alternative career path. Maybe on the flip side, do you look at someone differently based on their education level or what they do for a living? How willing are you to listen to someone and give them the time of day? Or are you only making friends with those who can provide something in your life? Oftentimes, with our work, with our vocation, there is a social currency that we have amongst one another, our status before one another, that make us partial, judgmental, or maybe anxious. Maybe we are trying to, we are trying to soar up that social currency. Maybe it is the treasure of significance and importance tied to what you do. We can pour our lives into our careers, not because of the money we get, but because we're longing for a sense of purpose in life. We want to leave our mark on the world and make it a better place or do something that will be significant in the years to come. Maybe what you are trying to store up is the riches of comfort. Yeah, maybe you might not... uh, Work to, uh, you might not live to work, but instead you might just work so that you can live the, and enjoy the rest of your life. You might not live to work, but instead work so that you can live. Again, maybe you might be falling into the trap of doing the bare minimum just to not get fired. What is the bare minimum to escape a meeting with your supervisor or HR? What is the riches that you are pursuing, monetary or not? Again, storing treasures on earth is not just about money, but the social currency we accrue, the treasure of significance we cling to, and even the comfort we try to hoard. Jesus warns us against uh, being pushed and pulled by these pressures because they ultimately both fail us and enslave us. Thieves may steal our wealth. Moth and rust may destroy. Our legacy might be forgotten in a generation. The pursuit of these things will not only last forever, they will not, but they might consume us so that we will be so devoted to these earthly treasures because they demand much but offer very little. When we think about our own spiritual growth, We cannot ignore our work, 
our occupation because tied to it are the desires and longings that lead us toward God or away from Him as we pursue those earthly treasures. The thing is, we can know intellectually all of the right things, yet if the choices we make regarding our work uh, say the contrary, maybe we are living, actually living or worshiping something else other than God. So then the challenge for us today is to slow down and be mindful of how we approach our work. Are we consumed by the desire for a legacy? Are we longing for the social status we gain from what we do? Are we longing just to get a paycheck to finally live our lives however we wish? We need to be mindful of those uh, pressures that pull us, those desires that we may have internally. And in that, as we are mindful, we need to be intentional with our work. Uh, lately, I, uh, I realized I don't listen to that much music at all. Um, music is not just one of the ways that, um, yeah, that I relate to creatively speaking. But when I do, uh, the, my genre of choice would be uh, what they call low-fidelity hip-hop or uh, more commonly called lo-fi or lo-fi hip-hop. You see, the joy of this music genre is that artists, they will take samples and snippets of older classic songs, right? Whether it is a drum pattern that they latch onto, maybe it is a section of the melody of that music, and they would cut these samples together to create something altogether new, right? Sometimes it would be a brand new song that you might have no, that you have never heard before, but other times they keep the same old melodies, yet present it in a refreshing way so that when people listen to it, it sounds like they're listening to something brand new. You see, it is more than just covering an old classic, but taking the samples of Carlos Santana's uh, guitar riffs or the melodies of ABBA and instead producing something recognizable, something you can say, oh, wait, I know where that's from, but it sounds and feels different. I bring that up because being intentional with our work means taking the old melodies, the ways that we try to accrue our earthly treasure, and then listening to something new, listening to how these old melodies can be made new. So while we once tried to gain the riches of comfort and security, we can listen to the new song of peace that goes beyond our circle. While we once tried to find purpose and meaning in life through our work, we can now listen to the new song of inherent worth as someone redeemed by God. While we once tried to earn the approval of others, we can listen to the voice of our Heavenly Father who says to you, you are my child with whom I am well pleased. And we can listen to these new songs because the treasures of heaven are not earned by what we do. The treasures in heaven, the salvation that we have is given to us freely, free of charge, by faith in the Lord of all creation, the master over all, Jesus Christ. It is offered to us all freely because he himself earned the status of perfect child of God by living the life we could never live. Jesus himself paid for the debt of sin by dying on the cross for our sake. 
And as he did the work and accomplished the work of salvation and rose from the grave, he assured us that these treasures in heaven, the riches that we receive by faith, they will not be destroyed by moth or rust, nor be stolen by anyone. It is secure for us. We no longer have to try to accrue our earthly treasures because in Jesus, we have something infinitely and eternally better. That is the new song that we can sing this morning. Being intentional with our work means first resting in the treasures that we inherit, that we receive freely as children of God. And through that then, we can practice our approach of our work in a way that serves the Lord. Intention, being intentional with our work means first resting in the inheritance we have and then responding in faithfulness. How does that apply to us in our vocation? It means we focus on integrity over results. While we can say we've been very productive, while we can uh, cut corners to maximize gain, uh, that is still taking the mode of earthly, accruing earthly treasures. Instead, knowing the riches we have in heaven, we can then instead work with integrity, even if that means it is a longer and harder road for us ahead. It means that when we approach our work, whatever it may be, it means approaching it with integrity, not just getting the right results. The ends do not justify the means. Secondly, it means caring about people over position. As we approach work, and oftentimes with work comes networking, getting to know those around you. Instead of only making friends with those that can benefit you, living with a heavenly mindset of work and heavenly treasures, we can then instead see how we can serve and care for those among us in our work, in our home, and in all of our lives. We don't need to criticize those who are incompetent, but instead be there as a friend and a support and a help. Lastly, we can recognize the greater work that we are a part of. And this applies to all professions, whether we are busing tables, whether we are taking care of toddlers, whether we are a manager of an important company, we know that at the end of the day, there's something more that we work for. That our end-all be-all is not spending eight hours a day looking at a screen, typing into an Excel spreadsheet, it is knowing that we are part of God's plan of salvation, the work that Jesus has accomplished on the cross and that he is still fulfilling on this earth. He points us to something that is eternal and allows us to join in on that work so that we can share in the riches of the inheritance as we see those from the outside come in, as we see those who are longing for something more, find it in the God, the master who selflessly served us by giving up his life on the cross. Church, may we, as we look at our work, as we look at what we do for a living, be mindful of the ways that 
outside forces may or our inward desires may lead us astray and instead fix our eyes on the true prize, the upward call of heaven that we can receive and be secure in by faith through the God who gave it all for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that, God, you are the one who gave up the riches in heaven to come down onto this earth to take on bodily form and weakness so that by dying on the cross and rising from the grave, we can be called children. We can receive this inheritance and we can be part of your grander plan of salvation. Lord, I pray that we can see your heavenly treasure for what it truly is and lay aside all earthly treasure that may tempt us and lead us astray. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to respond to um, the sermon and the reading.